sang all the Mongol chant. Om Ajnana Timirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurve Nama Siddhantot Palasada Nityarasikam Hamsam Vilasatmakam Odaryakya Sudama Sevakadanam Vishramba Bhakti Pradam Yachna Yukti Vichakshanam Tagabido Vaishishta Shakya Sada Pandeham Namakayatim Shri Bhakti Vedantinam Namo Mahavadanaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne Gora Tishe Namaha Bande Shri Krishna Chaitanya Nityanando Sahodito Gododaya Pushpavanto Chitto Shandotamonido Bande Ham Shri Ramakrishno Abhaya Charanasako Sukado Paramanando Sundaro Subalaprio He Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dina Bandhu Jagatpate Gopisha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabandhu Sute Devi Pranamami Haripriye Vanchakalpa Tarubhyascha Kipa Sindhu Bhaevacha Patitanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Okay, so the verse in discussion uh, today is, of course, the third verse of the Shikshastakam. I think we all know it. Trinada pi sunichena tarori vasahishnuna amanina manadena kirtaniya sada hari. And this, of course, is found um, in, in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Shikshastakam. Um, I guess just a short recap of what I spoke of last week was kind of um, kind of located its place in the Shikshastakam. The Shikshastakam, of course, being kind of um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's, you know, one of his only written contributions, but but really a really like a window into his own feelings uh, towards towards Harinam and, and chanting the holy name. Um, it's a, it's a you know very profound poem to study. Gurmash says it, it should be recited daily, and it, its meaning contemplated over and over. So that's what we're doing, except with just one verse. But arguably, it's probably the most famous. Um, well, probably the most famous verse, and and in many ways, it mu- it's it's very much the most important verse for for sadhakas because it really. Um, it's really threaded through the beginning, the middle, and the end um, of our practice, the, the non-end, of, the no-end of our practice. It, it, it continues on into eternity, but it's very much there um, in, the pre- in, in the beginning, middle, end of, the, of, the, um, of our practice. Um, and we find it just, you know, kind of near the beginning of the Shikshastakam, which, uh, you know, very well could be the the whole shikshastakam like i've mentioned before is is pertinent you know at every stage every verse is pertinent in some way at every stage um but perhaps the earlier verses are a little bit more pertinent to those of us you know in in the beginning stages of bhakti um so we see mahaprabhu uh he extols the the glories of of sankirtan or complete chanting um, Param Vijayate Sri Krishna Sankirtan. This is all, this is kind of the 
the goal of the Shikshastakam is it lays out kind of the path to to the to the victory of Sankirtan. And Sankirtan, it can mean chanting kirtan in a group, but san also means complete or, or, or whole. So it's complete chanting, chanting with your whole heart, basically. Um, uh, chanting with your whole heart means offenseless chanting. And uh, he's given kind of the way to achieve that here in the third, third verse. And that's why it's, it's such an important verse for us for us to um, to be familiar with and to, to kind of explore um, all the different nuances of it. Um, so he gives that there. He he, he says, you know, Param Vijayate Sri Krishna Sankirtana after extolling the the virtues of it. Um, that this this um, this complete chanting, chanting with your whole heart and. Chanting with being able to chant with your whole heart, free from offenses. This the the kind of um, method to do that is given in the third third verse. But this is a, this is this is also only done kind of in the association um, of devotees. Complete offenseless chant, chanting happens um, in the association of of devotees. And this verse, you know, gives us some indication about how we can behave and really take advantage of being in the association of devotees. So uh, the last class I kind of just located its place in Shikshastakam. In the second verse, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu started to really kind of well up with feelings of of uh, disappointment almost and humility because he had listed all these glories of the holy name uh, and gave even two more in the second verse saying that, you know, it was full of all shakti and it, there was no restrictions on it. But even on top, you know, even with that, he still had... Um, he still had uh, despair because he was he was unable to fully relish the name. Um, so he's kind of play, you know very much playing the role in in as a sadaka here. So um, he and he's saying you know I have no taste I have no taste. Um, this is my misfortune Durdaivam. and this is kind of the place where most of us um, you know find ourselves. So he gives the solution in this third verse that we're talking about. So that's kind of you know, one reason why it's a very important verse for the devotees, because it's the solution um, to overcoming our offenses. And our offenses, this durdaivam, this misfortune, is what's preventing us from chanting with our whole heart, sankirtan. Um, so I kind of, I just, I, I, I mentioned that. And then I mentioned just like a, a couple things about this verse that I found particularly um you know, particularly interesting, and there's there's many more, I'm sure, but these are kind of a few of the things that I'm going to go through in these classes. Um, so, one of them is that it runs, like I mentioned, through the beginning, middle, and end of our practice, and I'll, I'll be talking about that a bit today um, in this class. I'll also, last class, um, I, I wanted to also locate not just its place in the Shikshastakam, but locate its place in the in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, where it's found, and emphasize um, its importance because it's found three times in the Shikshas, in the in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. So that's a, a significant number in and of itself. But it's also that it's you know it's found in the Shikshastakam uh, three times, which is there are not very many verses that are found there uh, that repeated that many times. So it you know it's emphasizing the importance of the verse. So last class I I got to uh, the first place, the first location of it in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. And this class, I'm going to try and go through 
the second and third places where the verse is found in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, and maybe talk a little bit at the end about how it, it really runs through the beginning and middle of our practice, Be beginning, middle, and end of our practice, although there's no end. Um, and, and in the context of that, especially in the middle of our practice, why it's an appropriate place to kind of really apply some effort apply some effort in, in these, you know, these devotional qualities of humility, tolerance, lack of pratishta, and offering respects to others, and of course, uh, kirtaniya sadahari, the constant chanting of the holy name, because these are kind of like uh, the tools, uh, the methods that one, you know, by which one can truly overcome offenses. The way to really truly overcome offenses, which is really kind of the work of, you know, anishta bhajna kriya, um, you know, it's really the, the kind of the hard work of sadhana before one gets to the, you know, to the, the top of the mountain, which Gumaraj has sometimes described nishta as being like the top of the mountain. There's a lot of work, although the work is not self-effort, it's, it's grace, um, but, you know, to, to get to the top of the hill, and then once you're at the top of the hill, you can kind of take a breath and look down into the valley of love of God, and then things happen a little bit more, um, with a little bit more momentum. But this Trinadapi Sunichena verse gives us um, kind of the methods of, of, of dealing with the things that are, that are binding us, that are holding us back, this kind of devotional culture of humility and tolerance, and of course, um, the kind of... I don't know if it's actually called the Sruvlakshan, but the, the real, the center of the verse, which is Kirtaniya Sadahari, which is the constant chanting of the holy name, because that's the way that one clears offenses. Um, it's not so much that being humble and being tolerant, um, you know, will clear offenses, because there's m many, many people in the world who are humble and, and tolerant, and this is, you know, these are universally accepted good qualities, but and when you, um, the, the way to overcome offenses is by chanting the holy name. So if, if, if we have offenses and we, we know that we do because we, we don't have taste, like Mahaprabhu describes in the second verse, then we have to deal with those offenses. And the way to do that is by chanting, constant chanting of the holy name. And the way that one can constantly chant the holy name is by cultivating the qualities of humility, tolerance, lack of pratishta, and offering respects to others. These this culture, this culture of humility and tolerance allows one to chant constantly. It's very difficult to chant constantly if one is not, um, you know, within this culture of those four qualities. And also it's impossible to chant constantly too without the association of devotees, without being in sadhu sangha. And these four qualities also assist us in, in taking advantage of the association of devotees. Um, so the other the other point that I'll eventually come to of this verse is that they're they're um, it's the symptoms of someone who's who's chanting purely, like I had mentioned that, that these are really the the ornaments of of the devotees these qualities. Also, this verse is nice because it relates very much to this idea of the golden rule that we find in all other religions about treating others um, in the same way that one would want to be treated, and it's extended, of course, but. Um, it's definitely something that I think would be very attractive and relatable. And we find it actually in all religions, all religions that are truly spiritual or ego-effacing religions. And ego-effacement really happens by um, displacing oneself from the center and putting, you know, putting another on the altar. Ultimately, it means the, the other with the capital O, you know, meaning Krishna, 
but through humility and tolerance and respecting others um, and the extension of respecting others as compassion and teaching them whatnot, this this displaces ourselves from the sand. This is, anyways, this is something that's found in all religions. I think we could talk about that a little bit. Um, and of course, I mentioned last time, it's a very, just a very beautiful, simple, simple definition of the religion of Sri Chaitanya. Um, Sri Chaitanya's religion is chanting the holy name and, and being humble and tolerant. So it's, it's a nice translation. And also, I think um, maybe, you know, in the last class, maybe talk a little bit how it's really the foundation for, for de- devotional communities, for them to, to a way in which they can, a context in which they can run and, and be maintained. Um, that's what we're trying to do here at Madhavan is, is you know, create a, a sustainable devotional community that will go on and on and how these qualities um, these four qualities and the ultimate fifth quality of, of chanting will kind of solidify and and make sustainable um, the community because it this is how these are kind of like the Vaishnav dealings how one deals with with um, excuse me with living with other Vaishnavs okay so that was just kind of a recap of what I spoke of last week um, and I started uh, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita pointing out three places what where it comes out and you know the the sheer fact that it's mentioned three times gives emphasis to the verse in the first place where it's given um it's given in relation to mahaprabhu teaching um the the harinam 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 eva kevalam verse which of course also repeats (laughs) the instruction three times so it's kind of like doubly reinforced in that section that you know if something's repeated three times it's very important um so it's a it's a very beautiful section i have it here in the in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, where he teaches, um, he gives that verse. Uh, he talks a little bit how how a devotee should behave in relation to the example of the tree and being tolerant and not asking for anything. Um, he quotes the verse and then he gives a, a he 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 gives another uh, verse, well, a declaration really of, of, from his own mouth, which is very beautiful. That's kind of where I, I ended last time. So the verse, of course, that we're talking about today is Trinada Pisunichina Tarori Vasahishnuna Amanina Manadena Kirtaniya Sadahari. So Prabhupada translates it as one who thinks himself lower than the grass, who is more tolerant than a tree, who does not expect personal honor yet is always prepared to give all respects to others, can very easily chant the holy name of the Lord. And then Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami goes on to say, Urvabahu Karikahun Shunyasarbaloka. Namasute ganti parakantie shloka. Raising my hands, I declare, everyone, please hear me. String this verse on the thread of the holy name and wear it on your neck for continuous re- remembrance. And that's kind of where I left off yesterday because I was, uh, sorry, not yesterday, but um, last class because I was kind of talking about how it, um, it was a nice, uh, nice reference to our Kantimala um, and talking a little bit about how these qualities are, are um, really the ornaments of the devotees that you know there are external ornaments that we wear like the kantimala and the sika and the um, and the tilak and um, these are these are all good and wonderful and very you know very beautiful ornaments but the ornaments of a sadhu um, which is kind of what he's referring to here is is um, is these qualities of humility tolerance respect. Um, and chanting the holy name. There's a beautiful verse in the in the um, Shrimad Bhagavatam um, 
it says it, it ends with the word sadubushnam, which means the ornaments of the the devotees. And I'm just going to quote it for you because, um, you know, these five qualities are the sadubushnam, the ornaments of the saint, the the saints. Um, and it's mentioned by uh, it's a uh, Kapila Dev in the third canto, Kapila Dev's teachings to his mother Devahuti. Uh, really nice section there, but I, I don't have the verse memorized, but I have it here, and I'm just going to recite it because it has these two words in it, which is really nice, sadhu bhushnam, the ornaments of the devo- uh, the ornaments of the sadhus. So, titikshava karunika suridasarvadehinam ajata shatravashanta sadhava sadhu bhushnam. The symptoms of, of the sadhu are that he's tolerant, merciful, a, friend, a friendly living uh, sorry, he's tolerant, merciful, friendly to all living entities, he has no enemies, he is peaceful, and he abides by the scriptures, and all his characteristics are sublime. So it's kind of a, it's a, it's a reiteration of the Trinata P verse, that, in that he's tolerant, the extension of tolerance being mercy, he's friendly to all living entities. So these are kind of really what the, the ornaments of the sadhu are. Um, they're, they're not, you know, the it's easy to dress up as a sadhu. I do it. You just put on, you know, just because you put on a dhoti and a kantimala, um, you know, it, these are these are external sim, uh, s- external s- um, symbols. But but you know, these other symbols that are given here, the, these sadhu bhushana, these these ornaments of the devotees, they're not they're not easy to fake. So when you see these in someone, um, you, you know, you really you can you can tell that they're that um that they're a, a sadhu um it could be even though even you know that people from other religions or other faiths have more of these qualities um than those who are wearing the the traditional vaishnav ornaments bhakti Thakur alludes to this so you know we should be we should be respectful of course there's a distinction between um that vishnu chakravarti Thakur gives i'll 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 quote the sanskrit a little bit later, I have it written down because it's quite long, <laughs> long words. But there's a distinction between the four qualities mentioned: uh, uh, humility, tolerance, lack of pratishta, and offering respects to others. There's a difference between those and the last one, which is kirtaniya sadahari. Um, so you know, of course, in, people in other religions might not be chanting uh, in, in the same way that that we are. But anyways, I'll go into that after. Prabhupada gives a really nice commentary to this verse. Um, the Sadhu Bhushna verse in the in the um, in his in his Srimad Bhagavatam commentary talking about the sin, the symptoms of the Sadhu the ornaments of the Sadhu, um, he says uh, he actually gives reference uh, to other religions in that quote mostly to Jesus I think um, but in his commentary he he references Jesus and other saints as people who embody the kind of these principles of tolerance. Uh, so we see, you know, that these these saintly ornaments are are also found in in other traditions: mercy, compassion, friendliness to others, um, and and you know, bhakti vinod kind of uh, um, you know extends tolerance to 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 compassion towards other. Um, and Prabhupada also in his commentary, besides. Um, you know, referencing Jesus and, and other traditions, remarks that, um, you know, the, the ornament of being friendly and merciful, this is, you know, Prabhupada sometimes makes these really nice statements, like he, 
he's extending this this friendliness and mercy um, to all living entities. And he goes into like, actually, it means all living entities. It doesn't just mean humans. And that's just one of the nice things about Hinduism is it really like it's always seeing humans as part of, um, you know, as part of the uh, collective of living beings. Um, most other relig religions tend to be quite, you know, anthropocentric, like really focused on humans. But Hinduism is, is nice in that regard in that it's always including the other um, living species, whether they be animals or plants or, or insects. So it's nice because he remarks that the, Prabhupada remarks that, that this ornament of, of, you know, being friendly to all living entities or, um, you know, say in the verse that under discussion, offering respect to all living entities, you know, when you respect someone, uh, you, you're, it's, it's also, a, um, you know, when you respect someone, you respect their space and, and, and the fact that they're a, a living entity of their own, um, you know, compassion is also extended from that, um, that quality. But anyhow, Prabhupada goes on and says, you know, basically it doesn't just mean that um, he's friendly to all, all human beings. It means that he's friendly to um, all entities, even the animals and, and Prabhupada says, even the animals and the plant kingdoms. So he gives, and he gives a nice example of Shivananda Sain there, caring for the dog, um, you know, as an example of that, that the devotee or the sadhu um, is friendly to all living beings, even to dogs. Um, you know, other religions also have this. I don't want to say that they don't. There's St. Francis, for example, in, in, um, in um, Christianity, and even actually the Prophet Muhammad is, is, is famous for his love of cats. Um, he was uh, he was quite fond of fond of fond of cats, and you'll see that you can see in Islamic countries. I mean, they, I think that Islamic countries in many ways might put some other countries to shame in in terms of the way that they take care of animals. Um, you see them taking care of cats on the street, um, putting out little dishes of water for birds and what and whatnot. I have a friend in Istanbul, and he walks around. This is very normal. He walks around with a little bag of cat food in his in his bag to give out whenever you know to whenever there's stray cats. And you see this, so it's it's very nice. It is there in other religions, um, but but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice thing about Hinduism often that it's extended to the other the other things. So this the story of Shivananda Sain is worth mentioning because um, you know one is just a it's. It's a it's a very charming story where you see um, a devotee being friendly to other living entities, and it, it also is is um, you know shows that he's respectful to all living entities. So the devotees show respect to everyone, knowing you know that Krishna is in the heart of everyone, and being in the heart of everyone means that their body is is you know Krishna Mandir. It's a, a temple of Krishna. So so the devotees show respect you know, um, to everyone. It's a very charming story, and it also emphasizes Sadhu Sangha, actually, the power of Sadhu Sangha. So, so it's worth, it's, you know, I think it's worth retelling here, um, just because it emphasizes those things, it emphasizes Sadhu Sangha, the context in which, you know, perfect chanting can take place, um, and it just, it shows the kind of, like, compassionate and friendly dealings of the devotees. So, the story basically goes just in brief that the, the devotees from Bengal had received news that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had returned back to Puri, right? 
um, he had, I, guess, I think he was in Vrindavan and he had arrived back in Jagannath Puri. So they were really excited and they were able to, to go see him in, in Puri because from Navadweep to, to Puri is a lot easier um, to transverse. So, you know, they all excitedly got together and started departing on their journey towards Jagannath Puri. And Shivananda Sain, I guess he was like the, the manager, so to, so to speak, because so, he kind of like organized the journey, organized everything that needed to be, um, all the tolls that needed to be paid for um, and maintained everybody on the trip, um, provided for their accommodations, places to stay, etc. And so, but on the way, on the way of their journey from uh, from Navadvip to Jagannath Puri, a stray street dog joined them um, and basically, you know, surrendered to the party. He, he um, Shivananda Sen, Shivananda Sen accepted the dog just as any other member of the party. And because the, the, the dog had surrendered to the party, now it was his response. He felt very much that it was his responsibility to maintain um, in the same way that he was maintaining all the other devotees. So he just saw this dog as another devotee who had joined. Um, so they came to a place. It's, it's real nice, you know. It's, it's really nice to see the, this, this friendly... Uh, friendly dealings of the devotees even in relation to dogs certainly that it happens here a lot too we see how how the devotees are kind to animals anyways they came to uh, like a, a, a river crossing where i guess they had to take some kind of ferry some kind of boat um and you know they were bringing their dog with them so, but actually the boat the boatman wouldn't let the dog on the boat um so Shivananda Sain paid a full fare for the dog. Normally you would think you'd just let the dog get in, but Shivananda, the, the boatman wouldn't let him. So Shivananda Sain paid the full fare so the dog could come along. Like he, was, he wasn't going to leave the dog behind. It's, it's kind of sad to see actually on the news now, you see all these you know, people fleeing out of Ukraine and so many of them have animals with them. It's a, it's a, a, a side of war, you know, that's just terrible. All these animals also are, are suffering and you see so many people leaving you know with their cat carriers and their dogs and everything like that so Shivananda is saying oh you know he was he was willing to pay um you know so the dog could come along and um so he paid the full fare and 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 basically they would cook for the dog just like the, that he would be included in the cooking just like um all of the devotees were so but one night Shivananda Sain's uh, servant or the devotee that was in charge of, of cooking for the dog forgot to feed the dog um, the the rice and here it would be rice and beans we feed our dog sometimes but uh, you know forgot to feed the dog rice and the dog dis you know disappeared so Shivananda Sain returned from you know whatever duties he was he was performing and asked if the dog had been fed and they realized that he hadn't and that in fact the dog had run away and was missing. So he was really, Shivananda Sain was really, really distraught. He had taken kind of responsibility for this dog and he immediately sent um, uh, 10 devotees out to search for the dog um, to go and find him. But unfortunately to no avail, the, 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 the devotees were unable to find the dog and they returned, and everyone was pretty depressed. Shivananda Sain was pretty unhappy about the whole situation, so he decided to fast. Sometimes when you're unhappy, <laughs> you know, you can't eat out of, out of despair. So partially probably out of despair and maybe feelings of guilt, Shivananda Sain um, fasted completely for the night. And in the morning, 
you know, they st they looked and they still couldn't find the dog. So they continued on their way to Jagannath Puri in, an ex in anxiety, and they arrived. They met with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They had darshan of Jagannath, um, and then they, you know, they went and took rest. Um, the following morning, they went to see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in his quarters, I think, and um, uh, and, and so they went to have darshan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu again. And then they saw the dog was sitting there beside Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, right beside Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's sitting place, and Mahaprabhu was throwing him pieces of, of, of coconut, of green coconut, and the dog was eating the coconut pulp. Um, and it's said that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was telling the do dog, you know, chant Hare Krishna, chant Hare Krishna, and the, the dog was chanting, Hare Ram, 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 Hare Krishna, like that. And so the devotees were totally, um, you know, overwhelmed with humility and, and, uh, astonishment and immediately they offered respect to the dog they offered uh, obeisances to the to the to this dog this very special dog and then the next day nobody could find the dog again because it said that the dog had achieved the mercy of chaitanya mahaprabhu and um returned to to uh vaikuntha so it's a real sweet it's a real sweet story showing how the devotees offer respect to all other people Prabhupada's point being that it's not just people, the devotees offer respects to all different animals and plants, um, and how they're a friend to all living entities. We had a, it, it reminds me a lot here, we had in the early days when Vrindaranya was here, I think the first time that Gumaraj and Vrindaranya were here, there was this really scraggly stray dog that came, um, white dog named, uh, they named him LP, which is short for El Pero, which just means the dog. But he was a really like, really special, uh, special dog. And Vrindaranya, um, you know, really, um, you know, went out of her way to take care of it. And I remember when I came, like, um, you know, seeing the way that Gumaraj and Vrindaranya, the affection that they had for this dog, who just kind of was like, just started coming and was very friendly. Uh, Vrindaranya used to have us cook rice and beans for LP. Um, so it very much remind, <laughs> reminded me of, of the story of Shivananda Sain, I was thinking like, oh, Vrindran is doing the same thing uh, as Shivananda Sain, treating the dog in the same way. So, um, and this also, you know, the story is also um, important because it shows the, the power of Sadhu Sangha, what this dog achieved just by, by being in the association of the devotees, and also what the devotees achieved by being in the association <laughs> of the dog. Um, so, you know, all of this was just coming from that verse Sadhava Sadhubhushanam, right? That, that these, or, these are the ornaments of the devotees, uh, the symptoms of the sadhus. Um, and and um, Krishna's Kaviraj here, you know, tells, says one, one should ornament oneself with the verse of Trinadapi, just like one ornaments oneself with the Kanti Mala. He says, string this verse on the thread of the holy name. But I think you, you can also think about it, you know, string the holy name on the thread of this verse. This is a, a meditation sometimes I try to do while I'm chanting Japa with my Japa Mala, thinking like, you know, what's, you know, what is holding these mantras together? What's, what's holding my, uh, my practice and my devotional life together? Um, and, and try and kind of like, uh, you know, cultivate these, uh, these qualities and see them as running through my practice. See that they're 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 holding um, holding it together like the string of my japa mala is holding it, holding all the beads together. Um, 
Yeah, and and the, then the the last verse of this this section, Prabhupada translates it as, "One must strictly follow the principles given by Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in this verse," and that's he's referring to the Trinata P verse. So, if one simply follows in the footsteps of Lord Chaitanya and the Goswamis, certainly he will achieve the ultimate goal of life, the lotus feet of Sri Krishna. And uh, Gurumaraj translates it. His translation is really nice. It rhymes. It says, Hands raise, I declare, listen all. String this stanza on the thread of Nam and garland it around your neck. Follow this shloka on the order of the Lord, and surely Sri Krishna's feet will be your reward. So that's how this section ends. Um, very nice. And then, so moving on, on to the second time this verse is quoted in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Let me find it here. I got that giant one volume edition. Um, but the, the, the second time that it's, it, we find it is in the Antyalila, chapter 6, uh, the meeting of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Raghunath Das Goswami. I'm just going to have a sip of water. I hope the cicadas aren't too loud, but they make it that I have to basically scream to like, speak very loudly, even just to hear myself. So I hope you can hear over them. So yeah, okay, the second time we find Trinata P found in the Chaitanya Charitamrita is in the, the meeting of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Raghunath Das Goswami. Raghunath Das um, arrives to Jagannath Puri after, you know, a really rough, a really rough um, week or two weeks of travel. Um, yeah. A, 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 it's a, a bit of an arduous journey. Um, it's described in, 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 the, in the text. But um, he arrives and has darshan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, of course, falls at his feet in humility. He doesn't really... He's very a bit shy at this point. He doesn't have much... Um, he doesn't say anything, per se. It's a, it's a very touching moment where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu... Um, there's, there's a few Raghunaths around, and he... he Gives him to kind of to Swarup Damodar as um, you know as a what's the word not as a guide but as a mentor. He kind of gives puts puts Raghunath Das Goswami under the shelter as Swarup Damodar as kind of a mentor and says you're the you know you're the Ragu of Swarup. So um, you know he 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 saw. Raghunath Das's condition, he was all skinny and dirty and, you know, um, from, from these long travels. So he gi gives him to the care of Srup Damodar, knowing that he'll be well taken care of um, and, and fed. And so they, they fed, they cleaned him up and they fed Raghunath Das Goswami, uh, the, the remnants of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, for several days. Um, and then on, I think, for five days, and then perhaps, and then on the sixth day, um, Raghunath Das Goswami, kind of his renunciation, he went and started standing outside of the um, uh, the Lion Gate at the Jagannath Temple and and started begging alms. And when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu heard of this, heard of um, Raghunath Das's renunciation, he was very pleased by it. Um, and so then the following day, um, a following day, uh, Raghunath Das, you know, started to really have the desire to get some some specific kind of personal instruction directly from Mahaprabhu. Um, so he he had he asked Srup Damodar and Srup Damodar being very soft hearted of course um, petitioned on his behalf 
Um, out of affection, you know, Mahaprabhu said, although that, you know, Srupa Damodar knows everything, he knows more than I do, out of affection for for Raghunath, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu um, gave him some some personal instructions. And so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told Raghunath Goswami, these are his instructions. He said, do not listen to or speak gossip. Do not eat tasty food or be fashion conscious. Do not expect honor, but honor others. Constantly chant Krishna Nam and mentally serve Radha Krishna and Braj. These in brief are my instructions. From Srupa you will get the specifics. So that he, that's there in the text. And then he goes on and... and um, and recites the verse, Trinata Pisunichena Tarori Vasahishnu Amani Namana Dena Kirtaniya Sadahari. So he gives these instructions about, you know, to, to not speak or listen to gossip, to not be fashion conscious, to not eat fancy foods, you know, to humbly serve Radha and Krishna. And then again recites this verse that one should consider oneself lower than the straw in the street, etc. So this is all very good advice that Mahaprabhu gives. Um, and and it's kind of like as if he's like summing it all up. He he gives kind of in the narrative, you know, he gives these instructions and kind of to sum it all up and distill it again into one verse. Uh, this verse is recited. And uh, Gumaraj's point here um, in relation to this pastime, um, in in his commentary on this verse, is that this verse is like like essential to achieve prema. It's the you know it paves. It's the road that paves. You know the the path towards prema, the the or yeah, I mean the path towards prema is, is paved with this verse. Um, his instructions, you know, they're they're very simple in one sense. They're very simple. They don't seem too elevated. Um, you know, so so Gumaraj's point here is that you know this is Raghunath Das Goswami, so he's he's considered to be the Prayojan Tattvacharya. Um, the Acharya who's writing kind of, uh, who's, well, the Acharya whose writings really elucidate, uh, um, illuminates or elucidates the goal of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So it's a prominent position, to say the least, and the, the goal is very, very high, you know, these kind of loving pastimes of Radha and Krishna, very esoteric, uh, uh, very high, very misunderstood. Or sorry, can be very misunderstood. But Raghunath Das Goswami is kind of, um, you know, em- the 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 emblem of that in that his his writing illuminates that most. So he has a very high position. Um, Prayojan, of course, means um, you know the goal, and there there's there's Sambanda and Abhideya, and also different Goswamis have been kind of a. I, I'm not exactly sure where that comes from, but have, you know, have been assigned uh, the the Sambanda. Tattva Acharya, I think, would probably be Sanatana Goswami because his writing in uh, Brihad Bhagavatamrita kind of really that it's a, his major work elucidates those kind of topics, and then I think um, the Abhideya Tattva Acharya is probably Rupa Goswami uh, because his book Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, um, you know, kind of gives the the, the Abhideya the path. So Gumaraj's point, anyhow, in relation to this pastime with Raghunath Das, is that you know one would expect that that the Prayojan Tattvacharya to get some kind of extremely elevated or rasic kind of teachings, um, but but actually, um, 
we we get these kind of very very simple and down to earth teachings but but actually they're you know they're they're not so simple in one sense they're you know they are very very elevated like i mentioned at the beginning none of these um you know these verses don't apply only to one stage Bhaktivinoda Thakur was the one, I think, who, who showed how the verses of the Shikshastakam relate to the different stages of bhakti. But they all relate to all stages, especially this verse, actually, this verse on, you know, humility. We, you find it in, the, in the, the extreme love and humility of the gopis. So outwardly, it seems a little bit simple, but in fact, it's, it's not. It's very elevated. And it's also very, very difficult to practice these things, you know, it's... It's easy to tolerate. Uh, it's easy to talk about humility and tolerance, but like tolerance, especially like, to, you know, unless you have something to tolerate, it's it's very easy to feel oneself tolerant, you know, or it's very easy to feel oneself humble until until one's ego is under attack, and then you, you see that these things, oh, they're actually not so simple. It's really like this ongoing. Um, you know, an ongoing process for the devotees to be introspective and, and, you know, we've been talking about that a bit here, to take time to be able to, to be introspective and be uh, um, and to process these types of things. And, and in a devotional community, especially like living in the ashram, you don't get to choose who you live with, for one thing. So it's, it's you know, when you're... Um, one of the benefits of living in in ashram life is that you're forced to live with people that probably you wouldn't have chose you might not have chosen to live with you know like one would choose one's wife or one's children or whatnot that's kind of like um you know i mean i'm, I'm sure there's cases where it's not that but but um they're they're people of one's choosing at the ashram you don't get to choose that so it's a real good place to practice tolerance my point only being that that it's easy to be to be tall, to think oneself tolerant and humble and respectful until one's put, you know, in the fire where one, you know, actually has something, to to, has something to tolerate. Um, so by teaching the verse to Raghunath Das Goswami, he makes he makes this point clear that that this is the path um, to prema. And Gurmaj says in his um, in his uh, commentary on it that in fact in fact Mahaprabhu said that if he were to distill all of his instructions on sadhana and sadhya, sadhana and sadhya tattva, so that would be the practice and the goal that's achieved by the practice. So if Mahaprabhu were able to distill all of his, all of his instructions on, on, sadha, on sadhana, sadhva, tattva, the truth about the path and the goal, it would be this verse, this Trinata Pisunichina verse. So it's very, very important. It's very, very simple. It's very, very, very eloquent. I think at the beginning of, of um, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Krishnas Gaviraj makes some comment about, uh, it's, a, it's a common um, aphorism or whatnot about, you know, truth that's stated concisely is, is, is very beautiful and very powerful. And this verse certainly is truth cons, cons, uh, stated very concisely. It's a verse that everybody can memorize very easily. So um, the other thing that's interesting, you know, it's it's. It, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, the other thing that's interesting about the verses is, you know, um, it it really gives instructions on like like Gumrash had mentioned. It gives um, 
you know, teachings on the sadhana. It also gives teachings on the sadhya. It's also a very nice, um, simple definition, you know, of the religion of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. I think I talked about this a little bit um, in, in, in my last class, but, you know, we know, um, you know, Rupa Goswami has given a very, very clear and refined definition of bhakti being not covered, you know, a culture of devotional service that's, you know, favorable for Krishna, for his pleasure, that's not covered by, um, by jnana or karma. And we can see kind of some of these elements in, in the Trinata Sunichena verse, in the sense that, you know, by being humble, it means that, um, you know, one is not, not after material goods or things, or, you know, one's not after good karma. The devotees are, are comfortable in a, um, in a humble position. Like, I think Mahaprabhu says that in the previous thing where he talks about, he makes reference to the tree, that the tree never asks for anything. Uh, he says, thus a Vaishnava should not ask anything from anyone else. If someone gives him something without being asked, he should accept it, but nothing comes. So, you know, it's just, it's a nice part where by humility, you know, um, we're not looking to, to achieve good karma, not looking to achieve material things. The tolerance of the tree, elaborated by Mahaprabhu there, you know, not chasing after things of this world, but being content with what comes. Again, kind of not the path of karma, not the path of acquisition. Um, so, jnana, karma, anabritam, so just the, you know, a path, a simple path, not wanting admiration, honor, veneration, amanina, manadena. That means just, you know, the, the modest position of a servant. That's all that, that um, you know, one in bhakti is looking for. It's not a big position. It's just to be this, to, to, to be the servant of the servant of the servant. So it's a, it's a very modest position. We're not looking to become God. We just want the position of a servant, offering um, all honor to others. Manadena ultimately means, you know, we offer all honor to others, but ultimately it means we offer all honor to God. Um, you know, other, all others are venerable because God resides in the heart um, of everybody, um, but ultimately, uh, we're offering honor to the other with a capital O, you know, um, um, God. So this idea of offering veneration to means that we are not God. We're not looking for the position of God or to merge into God. We're not interested in, in, in um, bhakti covered by jnana. And kirtaniya sadahari, the constant glorification of another, the constant, oh, the constant glorification of hari. So this is the, the real, the positive um, and active culture of bhakti that Rupa Goswami talks about in his definition. So it's it's nice. It's it seems like um, a nice definition of bhakti. It you know, it seems like um, it kind of lines up very nicely with Rupa Goswami's verse, Jivadoi Krishnam Sarvadam or so that's the, the simple definition given by by Bhakti Vinod Thakur. So that would be the second place where the um, the verse is found in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, and now we can go on to the first, the, sorry, the third quote, the third time the verse is quoted, which is of course in the Shikshastakam itself, which comes at the very end of the text. It's the the, the last chapter, the Shikshastaka prayers, so the the eight prayers of instruction for Mahaprabhu. So. The very end, the very conclusion, it's good to look at the, I think they say, look at the beginning and the end of something to know what it's about. 
Um, so we find it at the very end, which is also, the, in a sense, the very climax of the book. Um, like Gumraj has, has talked about how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has kind of achieved his goal and stepped into the, you know, he's achieved his goal um, in this last chapter and very much in the last verse of the of the Shikshastakam. So he had a threefold goal uh, given at the beginning of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, where he, you know, he wanted to experience uh, Radha's love, and then it's it's kind of uh, more refined and explained he, that that he wanted to experience the glory of her love, uh, his one the wonderful qualities in him that she alone relishes, and the happiness of the sweetness of this love. So these were his desires, and um, it culminates in the, at the very end of this book in the in the climax in the Shikshasakam prayers. Um, so he 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 was successful and tastes the love and steps into the position of of Sri Radha or, or sorry into the maidservant of Sri Radha. Um, like the last verse of Shikshastakam is, is said to be spoken by by Radharani himself. So it's significant, you know, that that this verse again comes um, at the very very conclusion of the book. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is surrounded in this uh, this chapter, the Shikshastakam prayers at the very end. He's surrounded by his most intimate disciples, Sukhdamadar Goswami and Rai Ramananda. Um, he's reciting and relishing different verses and their meetings, including his own verses, the, these verses of the Shikshastakam, and he's uh, elaborating on them, giving them uh, the verses quoted, and then he's, uh, through the pen of Krishnadas, he's elaborate, elaborating on the verse and giving additional meaning. Um, throughout all the uh, explanations, um, and just, it's interesting, when, when you go and you... you you know, you pick out the, the actual verses of the Shikshastakam. Usually the verse right before it, the verse, I think it's like, say there's eight verses in the Shikshastakam. I think it's, it's seven verses of them. Um, seven of those verses, sorry, the verse prior to it, it always says, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu welled up with humility. And the, the word humility is used over and over and over again throughout all the explanations. Um, you find this emotion of dainya, humility, um, invoked at the onset. Um, so humility is there and it runs through the whole of Mahaprabhu's recitation of his Shikshastakam. This, this humility is, is, is um, well, it, it runs through the whole thing. It's, it's there, right? It's mentioned by name right before he speaks each verse. It says, you know, um, say for the second verse, it'll say something like um, lamentation. You know, he, he's lamenting his position. Lamentation and humility awoke in him. As he spoke, his humility increased. Um, in great humility, he again expressed, you know, like this over and over, the various mellows of distress, humility, and lamentation awoke within him. So you find over and over again that this thread of, of humility. And we'll see that, you know, maybe in an, another another class, the next class, this this quality of humility is is quite unique um, in that it 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 really goes. Uh, really goes to, to into the heights of bhakti. So it is a certain special transcendental um, transcendental version of humility. Um, uh, it, 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 like it, it, humility itself occupies a very special kind of po position in relation to to transcendental love. Um, uh, I was gonna quote uh, give those the names of Vishnu. 
I'll, I, anyway, I'll do it later. But so we find this verse there, and right before reciting the third verse, um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says he he you know he he makes a proclamation, declares to Srupta, O Srupta Amandar, O, o Ramananda Roy, hear from me the symptoms of how one should chant the Maha Mantra. Listen to me, listen to the means by which the holy name, this is how Gumarsh translates, listen to, listen to the means by which the holy name can awaken prema. Um, and again, this, you know, this third verse is given. And so here he's saying, you know, like it's the, the third verse, it's these two things at the same time. In one sense, it's a cultivation, um, and at the second time, it's the result or the stage of attainment. So it's kind of the both things, both things at one time. It gives the instructions on how one should chant um, in order to be able to chant constantly, and it also, you know, and it also from the other end gives the symptoms of, you know, of one, the symptoms of one who's chanting, chanting purely. So. I'll just read this nice the the section from the Chaitanya Charitamrita. It says, Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu continued, O Srup Damodar, O Ramananda Roy, hear from me the symptoms of how one should chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra to awaken very easily one's love of Krishna. One who thinks himself lower than the grass, who is more tolerant than a tree, who does not expect personal honor, but who is always prepared to give all respect to others, can very easily always chant the holy name of the Lord. These are the symptoms of one who chants the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Although he is very exalted, he thinks himself lower than the grass on the ground. And like a tree, he tolerates things in two ways. When a tree is cut down, it does not protest. Even when drying up, it does not ask for water. The tree delivers its fruits, flowers, and whatever else it possesses to anyone and everyone. It tolerates scorching heat and torrents of rain, yet it still gives shelter to others. Although Vaishnava is the most exalted person, he is prideless and gives respect to everyone, knowing everyone to be the resting place of Krishna. If one chants the holy name of Lord Krishna in this manner, he will certainly awaken his love for Krishna's lotus feet. As Lord Chaitanya spoke in this way, his humility increased, and he began praying to Krishna that he could discharge pure devotional service. So all these, all this repetition, it's all emphasis by by Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, by Mahaprabhu himself, because they keep say, they keep saying and repeating over and again. Pay attention, pay attention here. Pay attention to this verse. Put your effort and energy into this verse. Put your intellect into this verse, because um, uh, you know this is the this is really the path, the path to prem. Gumaraj comments that Nishta is a stage. You know this. This is the corresponding uh, stage to this verse is Nishta, and Gumar's comments that Nishta is a stage, you know, where the world comes to life. Um, like it, 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 it's where the world comes. It, it comes to life because. Um, well, actually, maybe I'll save this part for the next class because here I'm going to start to get into the the. Uh, the, the Bhagavatam where we find the, the, the stage of Nishta described, but it's, it's nice because um, we find these verses uh, in, the second, in the second chapter and it says Tadada Jastamo Bhava Kama Loba Dayaschaya so, you know, by, by chanting the holy name and getting to the stage of, 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 of Nishta, of, of steadiness uh, Rajas and Thomas and 
and greed and lust and these things kind of start to fade away and these are kind of like the the glasses that we're wearing the lenses through which we're seeing the world um i sometimes i think of it as like you see those like red glasses you know you're looking through a red lens where you see the whole world as as red so at this stage you know the, the these goggles are starting to come off and you're starting to see the world as very friendly. <clears throat> Excuse me, you're starting to see the world as what it is, not what it can do for you. And, um, you know, this is done by applying one's intellect to one's faith, um, you know, applying one's intellect into the, ch the chanting and the cultivation of these, of these qualities. So it's, it's, it's really nice because, um, you know, by, by applying one's, one's head and one's heart into the cultivation of, of, of chanting the holy name of Nam Dharma um, and the ongoing culture of these, these qualities of humility and tolerance, um, the environment starts to change and one really has, um, you know, a perception, a shift in perception of the environment. Um, the, the, the environment starts speaking and we see we see that in the third verse where the tree, you know, the grass and the trees start speaking to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, giving advice, the environment's coming to life and it's friendly. Um, so it's, it's a really nice stage, but we're coming on to an hour here. So maybe I'll save that for next class and we can look at some, um, you know, some instances of where the world has come to life and, and, you know, um, has come to life and, 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 and spoken to the devotees. There's a nice, real nice part in the Uddhava Gita at the end of the Bhagavatam where the Avaduk Brahmana gets all kinds of lessons from the natural world. Um, and that's just this, the nice point that I, I guess I'll end on that Gurmaj makes is that, you know, once you get to this stage and, and, and the, um, what is it, uh, the, the filters kind of the filters um, start to, to 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 come away once one sees the world as really as as friendly and speaks to one and helps one and whatnot. So yeah, I'll stop there for today. So we got through the we got through basically the three places in the text where this verse is spoken, and then I guess next next class I'll speak a little bit about. Um, you know where the stage of nishta is is found in the Bhagavatam and how it brings the world to life and some examples of that where we can learn tolerance from the trees and and whatnot. So, on there. Thank you very much. Um, is there any? Would anybody like to make any comments about? You know, I don't know their realizations about the verse or any um, corrections or questions to. Make any comments about you know I don't know about the verse or any um, corrections or questions to make any comments about you know I don't know about the verse or any. Um, I got like an echo going here from YouTube or something. Okay, well it was nice speaking with you all, and um, I think next week is uh, as a. Uh, Oh, there's something on fire. I think next week is um, is Vyas uh, uh, Puja on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. So I think this class, uh, our, our continuous at looking at this third verse of the Shikshastakam will come on the following week. Okay? Okay. 
Banča kao pa trube, jas ča, kripa sin dubeva, ča, pati nam, pa vne bio, vajšna ve bio, namo nama. Thank you very much. Okay, bye guys. Dekrišna. Gora sunda prabuki, jai. Bye.